Hi, everybody, and welcome to Pod Stallions. My name is Brian, and with me, as always, is my friend and fellow Cat Fancy Magazine subscriber, Jason Lindsay. Hello, everyone. Uh, I think I think we met on the Cat Fancy forums. Remember? We did. We did. Yeah. Long time, long time subscribers. Yeah. I've never owned a cat, but. I sure do love that magazine. Just good to be aware. It's good to have the information. Yeah, exactly. If I ever want to take that plunge. Um, <laughs> we have a fun episode in store because, and I, I think it's fun because we didn't have to do a lick of research. We not, just. Not that yeah. we ever do. But even less. <laughs> um, much, much less somehow. <laughs> a little we all we normally do. Your statement is hurtful and accurate. Um, yeah, I uh, <laughs> I thought it would just be fun to take the Pod Stallions Facebook group, which is uh, now at 2,100 members. Did you know that? I did not know that. See, I, See this, yeah. okay, this, this was a good idea then. So we, we were, we you know, I don't know what sparked it, but it was like, why don't we just, because you're always, I mean, I'm not in there that much, but, you know, lots of. You, you know what? I, I think our relationship with the Facebook group is like when you call your mom and dad <laughs> and your dad because you spend a lot less time. Yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 and thus the kids resent me less. Yeah. And I'm more <laughs> mythically. Uh, uh, yeah, there's, there's a whole legend around you. They, yeah. they, they take That's, me for granted. Dad's coming tomorrow. Oh, geez. OK, well, I better get my best my best uh, winkle pickers on. You know, that's that's kind of uh, that's kind of how I planned it, just to sort yep. of be the mythical dad that's never really around. You're Willy, abs- you're Willy Wonking us. As, yes, uh, I'm big Willy yeah. Wonk. Absolutely. But it seemed like because I do when I do pop in, there's lots of heavy duty philosophical conversations going on about uh, Rodney Allen Rippey and Mason know, Reese, Mason Reese. And we're all making these- the whole gap of child actors. James Bond three is this week's selection. Who would who would win in a a mono mano thunder thunderdome type? But, <laughs> you know, um, let's just do like you know, let's open it up. Let's just go. Hey, what do you guys want to talk? What do, what do you want to know? What are you thinking about? Because we do get questions sometimes on there and in the comments once the episode goes up. Oh sure. And I thought maybe this would be you know, and and I haven't seen all of them. I dipped in and saw a couple, but. But how many how many replies did you when did you put it up yesterday or uh, no I did it typical Brian style uh, today okay and uh, did you think... get like a thousand thousand replies <laughs> well we're close you know close all right all right See? we'll make this a mini series this will be part one yes yes I think we have enough to go on all right <laughs> but, all right good and yeah. so. So um, you want to let you start it off or do do whatever. And, um, you know, we'll, oh, so I just pick one and then you go yeah, pick one and then we'll just kind of we'll, we'll I think uh, telepathically, as we always have, we'll, we'll know when we've exhausted because, <laughs> you know, we, if anything knows about us, people know our brevity. We really get to the point and we'll get in and out of each of these and it will give it a decent amount of time. But, you know, not enough to to bore anybody. Absolutely. OK. OK. Um. Yeah, all right. I'm going to go with um oh, yeah, okay. Um uh, Michael asked a question. What TV movie TV show um do you 
just don't get why it's popular slash has a slavish cult following. Ooh. Oh, boy. You better go first on that one because I got to think. Mm, uh, no? No? Oh, this this is like um, too many things rushing through the door. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 it's like, do I want to die on the Internet tomorrow? Um, well, I guess we should clarify. So we're talking about something that did not break through the mainstream and was a huge cultural thing. But it's got a following that's always kind of been there. That's, that's yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I I can throw one out there okay. on that level, and that is uh, I never got Firefly. Mm. I just I I didn't like I watched it, and it's sort of like this is uh, like it's sort of like jerk chicken. I, I, that was okay. Um, but I don't get why anybody's like, oh my God, I have to have jerk chicken. Like that just doesn't, um, come to me. So it's just one of those things where it's, it's the, it's not that it's bad. I can't say it's bad. And I can't, I I didn't think it was all that terrible, but just why is it, why is it so popular? You know, it's so, it's it's so weird. You would pull that title out because this is going back a few weeks. I, w- I went to Amoeba with our buddy, Matt Weinhold. Mm. He was bringing in a bunch of gear to get credit, and I did the same. And he goes, look, if you want to look through this, and, then, and I found, um, you know, like a, a regular DVD version of uh, Serenity, the Firefly movie. Now, I hadn't seen it in a long time. Mm-hmm. I went, oh, I'll have that. I'll, I'll take that. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. He had He had the series as well. Yeah, he had Firefly the series and the movie. And I went, ooh, you know, I'll grab these. Because I the only way I saw the show was when it came out on DVD. I never saw it on air. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went to the theater to see uh, Serenity. And so I hadn't seen it in forever. And um, and I popped it on. I, so I've, I've, you know, like in the last six weeks or so, five, six weeks, I've actually watched a handful of uh, Firefly episodes. Um, I totally get what you're saying. The weird thing is... <laughs> And this isn't fair to what I'm about to say. It's not fair to I, I haven't I haven't seen a ton of Buffy or a ton of Angel or those things, but they never clicked with me. None of that stuff ever really clicked with me. I know it's hugely popular, and I know it was never, you know, top five shows kind of thing. Um, but it never clicked with me. But but Firefly did, um, but not like in a huge way, but in a sense of oh, there's some great characters here, and it's well written, and I appreciated the the future. It was sort of positing and the amalgams of, of language and, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, Chinese coming into, into the, into the you know, common phrases and stuff. Um, but I really liked Serenity, the movie. So when, when the movie came out and I remember, uh, that was in those sort of doldrums <laughs> where there wasn't a ton of stuff happening. Uh, I don't, I don't remember what year it came out, but early two thousands maybe. And, um, I remember saying to somebody when we saw it, I'm like, you know, that's kind of what, I was hoping the prequels were going to be, or at least have some of that in in the Star Wars prequels, because it had a a cynicism to it and a, and a, and a, and a humor to it um, that it wasn't all kind of po faced. That that the and again, I've, I've, I appreciate bits of the prequels absolutely, but um, yeah, I, so I've appreciated it. Um, I think yeah, I, I really do funny, kind of like 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 all of the elements. But it's you I know was thinking about it as I'm watching it going. 
do people talk about Firefly anymore? Like, like it, it used to, for a while there, it had, you know, the brown coats, mm-hmm. trying to get the show going again. And if there's a way to get another film made, it is a miracle that the movie got made and all that stuff. But as I'm watching it, I'm going, is Joss Whedon, is all of this stuff just not embraced anymore? Like, I don't know where we stand with any of this stuff. Yeah, that's that's a good question. So, um, I haven't heard about Firefly in years. Like, any kind yeah. of fandom around that. I, I think, I think you know, you have to kind of separate, like, separate the property from the creator. Oh, I, I totally agree. Yeah. I can, but, um, but My kids could give you a very long lecture on that. Uh, sure. <laughs> but it, I've had really interesting introspective arguments with my children on that subject, and it's it's like wow, okay, we're at a point where we can just do this. Great, bye. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's you know, it's that's a whole other episode and conversation. Yeah. But where do you stop with all of this? But but um, but I I you know I, I watched a handful and I thought you know it's it's um I can see why it didn't work it didn't it was it was very well done very well made television i can see why it didn't explode um but it, <laughs> it, it got a fan base and they, they yeah. got a they got a movie made by a different studio like it wasn't even fox he took it to universal and they decided to do it so that, that's that whole thing is just bizarre hmm. um but uh yeah that's a, that's a good answer and i would say i would probably say the buffy you know all of that all those universes of his that were like Buffy and Angel and Dollhouse or whatever those other shows were called where yeah. all, all the leads are, yep. you know, 13 pound uh, young women, yeah. women kick yeah. I just went, I just not, just didn't connect. You know what? I, like my, like we watched all those shows, although we meaning me and my wife or just my wife, like I didn't, I didn't follow her down with Angel and all that stuff. Um, I never, that was the one thing I didn't really like. And uh, that was um, Christy Swanson in the original Buffy film. Oh, yeah. She looked like she could fight. Yeah, she did. Uh, you she know, did. and uh, when the they cast. Film, by the way, the movie's, good. the movie's good. I like oh, the I love the I love the film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, I, I don't even mind the series. I'm just not a big fan of it. I just like it. It's fine. I I watched a lot of it. I liked some of it and I could definitely say that it influenced the revival of doctor who which sure. um you know I'm, I'm grateful for um but sarah michelle galar like she looks like she's you know a, a bucko five soaking wet with a brick yeah and um just i just can't I, I think it was a little they they worked on the martial arts aspect of it but it's like i never quite bought her as the slayer you know, um, yeah, it was a thread that was in everything he did, sort of. There was, mm-hmm. a, you know, there was one in in Firefly, the 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 sister of the doctor and I forget their names. But, you know, she could kick people's heads in, you know, and mm-hmm. it was just always kind of there in his stuff. And it was like just seemed to be a bit of overkill to me. But yeah, I mean, it, I, it, hit or I, miss. I missed the I missed that train, the Buffy Angel uh, hmm? I kind of missed that train. I missed it. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't get on that train. So. No, I understand what you're saying. That would that would probably be my answer. Yeah. Well, those are great. Um. All right. Well, uh, you want to go with the next question? Uh. Yeah. Okay. The one I saw that jumped out was favorite all-time Doctor Who story. Mm. Which to me is like, you know, desert island discs. You go into a desert island. You can only take five albums or five movies or whatever. What's the one story that 
if you could only watch one for you know a year or whatever um what would it be well a lot of people wouldn't say the gunfighters but uh, well there goes my i i would agree with those people there it goes. <laughs> oh man um hmm I guess um, probably probably the 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 monster of Peladon. Oh, uh, it's a very early Doctor Who story for me. Um, you know, like I, I, there's a couple of bakers I'd really like to discuss instead, but um, because that story, I remember watching that in the third grade, I think, um, and just being really like the the whole fantasy element of all those different races being on a planet yeah uh, hit me and i i really really like you know when i think of doctor who i often think of that alpha centauri um alien oh, hermaphroditic uh, yeah 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 <laughs> um and and just how like i completely accepted this ridiculous grade school play alien because of the gravity of the show. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> Officer Tari didn't look good when I was nine and <laughs> hasn't changed. <laughs> that was one of those shows, though, that I probably saw pictures of in the magazine before yeah. I watched the show. Because it took so long to get those those shows over here in the mid-80s or whatever it was. Um, and so that was, you know, anytime there were creatures in any of the stories... Yeah, I would I would be keyed up for for that story. And that's that's a good one. I would have to say, because um, someone asked me this before recently, too, like, I don't know much about the show. And like, I've seen some of the, the new version. But like, if I wanted to get into the older series, what would I start with? And of course, I always go with Tom Baker. Yeah. Um, cliche would probably be probably be to say Genesis of the Daleks. Yeah, be- it's a high watermark. Oh, it's- yeah really dark it's violent baker is on fire uh davros is the best villain the show's ever had um and as cliche as it is i'm gonna have to say genesis of the daleks although i was really torn because i i want to say um the the seeds of doom which is oh okay that that's yeah that is amazing story incredible just just and I just I just was watching a clip of that turnaround doctor, and he does that 180, <laughs> or the 360, and and the guy goes just one way around. It's got lines like that. It's got the the violence in it, and it's got Tom Baker's you know doctor. And and it's body horror. It's quater mass body but he, horror. But he's he's kicking ass. Like he's twisting necks and punching guts and. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, it was like a it was like a Pertwee story. It seemed, or, or like an episode of the Sweeney or something that they made yeah. the Doctor Who story. Um, now, I, I would actually say my second choice, like the, you know, barring my first choice would be Ark in Space. And that would be, if I, again, I can't pick a, tri- if I, um, the question was one, but I, that would be my trio. Yeah. I just went, and when you realize Ark in Space is his second story. Yeah. I think the second film too. And how by the by the time they get to that second story, and of course the script is so good, but he completely owns the character. It took him one story to just be fully formed almost. Yeah, yeah, that Homo sapiens oh. um, 
speech, which my dad made fun of while I was watching it for the first time. I remember that and going, oh, you know. Uh, and it still stings. I know it still, still stings. Well, it was like living with riff tracks with my parents. Um, yeah, there's a line in Seeds of Doom, too, where he fought, he Sarah Jane is about to get the the crinoid pod on her arm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he jumps through the skylight. <laughs> the doctor jumps through the skylight down to the ground, grabs her, and uh, was it Scarman? Is that the guy's name? No. The, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. who, by the way, played the same well, Scarman was uh, Marsh, uh, Mar, uh, I never mind. Scarman was a different uh, story. Pyramids of Mars, wasn't it? Pyramids of Mars, yes. Yeah. I forget the guy's name, the, the, the villain in the piece. Yeah. Um, but he also played Camp Freddy in uh, um, uh, The Italian Job. Ah. He's, he's Camp Freddy. And he's in Get Carter, if I'm not mistaken. But um, he turns and he says, oh, you know, congratulations. What do you do for an encore? And Tom Baker says, I win. And he's <laughs> holding a gun. He's holding a gun on him. And it's like, this isn't Doctor Who. What is this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's just it's so 70s. And it's in that still in that um, Philip Hinchcliffe kind of era of monsters and darkness and hammer and all those things. Uh, I really love that. So th those three are, are great. See, we can't just say one. You can't say one with classic. Doctor. No, no, my gosh, no, there's too um, much to then, but then, then I wanted to follow up, I think on this, and I, you know what, I'm going to ask because the few that I wrote down, I did not write the names of the people down. So I'm apologizing in advance to all of you. We'll put no prizes. I on. believe this is Nick who asked the doctor. Okay. Who question. I, Nick had a follow up, which was, if you were to make a modern version of Phantom of the Paradise or Buckaroo Banzai, who would you cast? Ooh. I don't ask rundown <laughs> from top to bottom, maybe main characters, sort of, I guess. Yeah, like um, I'm going to take the Phantom of the Paradise question like you're going to take yeah. the Buckaroo. I think, yeah, I, um, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we know who is who here um you know i always thought the perfect swan would and i'm sure you'll heartily disagree with me jason would have been uh david bowie oh god yeah yeah um now that david bowie's not here i think for swan i would choose his equivalent uh, who is also from the same planet in the form of uh, Tilda Swinton. Oh, and, that's great casting. And, you know, I might even, and gosh, this just sounds interesting to me, but I might even switch all the genders. Oh. Um, you know, sure. uh, there there could be some fun with that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, Winslow... <sighs> a tortured soul of some sort and i'm mm. not sure who i choose i'm not like that i'm not really up on my young actors i know who i like um boy um i'm gonna i'm gonna dwell on that Let, let's let's talk about buckaroo bonsai who is your um buck i i don't remember any of the characters names at all. Um, because it you know he as a character he's very um you know, square jawed heroics. Like he's not, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's, he's good looking and he, he does what needs to be done. The, the, the colorful stuff is, is surrounds him. All the other. Right. Characters. Yeah. His, his famous five, like the dark savage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think you could have a lot of fun with that in getting a bunch of faces around, you know, whoever your lead is. So your lead just needs to be, um, you know, sexy and, and, uh, you know, probably British would be good. In fact, there's a guy, 
there's a, there's a new, um, oh, I wish I could think of his name. I really like him and everything I've seen him in. Um, but he's got a new Amazon Prime series called like Jenny Flash and the Furious 2 or whatever, like a rock and roll type series or something. Oh. He was, and I think he was in Hunger Games. He was like kind of a batter guy on one of the movies. I forget. Really good looking guy. Been in a couple of romance movies. He would be good. And there's another... <laughs> There's another dude. There's another dude who's in a show right now um, that just hit HBO. Another one that I can't think of the name of. But he was he was in a, um, uh, a, a, a Woodhouse uh, uh, Woodhouse adaptation series years ago. Uh, Bl- the Blandings or something. I can't think of his name, but I can just see their faces. But anyway, the surrounding the villain and then all the other characters, you could have such fun with it. And oh, sure. I always go to Sam Rockwell. I think oh it's, yeah, he's he's a uh, he's he's somebody who hasn't worn out his welcome. Yeah, and he can do a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, so he, you know, I could see him as as Buckaroo Banzai for sure. Um, like I always, he's my pick for a modern Kolchak. If if you could ever really get a good oh yeah Kolchak, yeah yeah, it has to be someone like that that can be you know kind of handsome and kind of rumpled at the same time. But he could pull off. Bonsai. The, the question is who the villain would be like because it's such a thing to you know to Lizardo? ethan do yeah like somebody that could really like nicholas cage would be great <laughs> <laughs> as lizardo you know he would just he would go to town you know? I, I just got i've got two words for you danny mcbride danny mcbride would be great actually <laughs> he would be great yeah he would be great, and you could, you could, they could do so much more with it. You know, it'll never happen. But those no. might be my picks. Either two of the British guys that I couldn't name, um, but you'll look them up, and people will know who I'm talking about um, for the lead, or Sam Rockwell and Nicolas Cage or Danny McBride as Amelia. Mm-hmm. And then from there, just watch everybody sign up to play the Hong Kong Cavaliers and the Lecter. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure, and and there'd be there's probably plenty of fans out there. Mm-hmm. I still can't pick a Winslow. I'm sorry. Uh, it's yeah, just not going to happen. Be, it should be someone who could sing, though, too. You know, it doesn't have to be an actor. So you can get somebody right. or an actor that can sing, obviously. But, yeah, you know, um, it'd be fun to get someone who was kind of famous but not, you know, wanted to be in the mask. or didn't want to show themselves like Christian Bale or somebody like somebody that that you go, really? They did that? You yeah. know, like, like and and you know, a high end, high profile person that can sing, but you never really, ah. see. not a vanity thing, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Those are great. Russell Crowe. Russell T. Crowe. <laughs> <laughs> Russell T. Davis and Russell Crowe. Is it? Yeah. They've merged. They're the, the, the <laughs> Russells. <laughs> All right. What's the next one? What do you got? Oh, I don't. Um, oh, I, I can give you one. Here we go. Yeah, sure. How about, um, well, since we were being Weisenheimers and uh, mentioned Columbo in the post, somebody did ask, do we have any thoughts on Columbo? <laughs> and I thought, well, that could be quick. We'll see. Do you have any thoughts on Columbo? Um, yeah, just Go. one thing. Um, Columbo, <laughs> Columbo reminds me of a year, just like my final year of college, and I was kind of like unemployed. And um, I watched Columbo. <laughs> every day (laughs) and uh then it 
I knew I had a problem when it spun into Macmillan and Wife and Banachek, <laughs> which, you know. That's what uh, I'm right there. That's oh, a- the A&E mystery mornings. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I love Columbo. I mean, I love- who who doesn't? Uh, yeah, it's funny that, that I don't know, my, maybe why Columbo was in my head for some reason, but I came across these YouTube videos that are incredible. And I wish I could think of the woman who made them, but I, there's no no name it's like whatever her handle is on youtube she does deep dives of columbo episodes she's very funny very kind of dry and completely obsessed with the show but they're fascinating i watched a couple of them for episodes that i've never even seen and she'll tell you like and you know and that gas station now is at fairfax and you know crescent height what wow it's just incredible and she knows like every face in a scene like that man is so-and-so he never acted after this and that gentleman you might recognize from but they're they're like 90 minutes each and she just does this exhaustive deep dive and i got completely yeah I, i'd be totally into that oh yeah you'll i'll, yeah. I'll forward yeah. you the, it's um but i i love i love columbo i yeah. watched it in reruns uh, as a kid and i, I catch it uh, occasionally um i always thought or certainly did for many many years that the character was inspired by the police inspector in the original Diabolique film uh, from the late 50s. Um, that's what I thought forever. And then I had a text conversation once with our pal Ned Hastings. And he clued me in that um, it actually was inspired by a character in a play prior to that. Yeah, the, and, the, and, and, and Falk wasn't the first Columbo. Falk was Falk was also not the first Columbo because the 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 inspector in Diabolique has a, a habit of going oh you know in French like okay that's it goodbye and then turns around and goes oh wait one more thing and then kind of comes back into the room and you know one more little question sort of thing but yeah. uh, actually not totally inspired by Diabolique. Um, then the, then I think the same person asked within the same question uh, brushes with greatness that I've had. Oh yeah, there were there was a couple of questions there. Yeah, yeah that, that, so okay. It, it's such a well, it's 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 such a perfectly um, <laughs> phrased question because brushes with greatness would be the operative term. I mean, you know, these are you know, there's there, certainly there have been times where I've been around someone famous and spent a a good amount of time you know chatting and uh, uh, you know having dinner or whatever. But if you're asking for stuff that just sort of stops me in my tracks, I'm the first thing that comes to mind is Brian May, meeting Brian May uh, of Queen at the Oscars, after the Oscars. Uh, this is a few years ago. Queen opened the show. And then at the uh, at the the governor's ball thing uh, afterwards, uh, suddenly walked past. Now, this I'm like 17, you know, G&Ts into the evening. I'm 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 pretty. Pretty drunk at this point because I'm just having such a good time, and um, and I'm wearing a little uh, Freddie Mercury pin on my tux. It's a it's a it's a it's an enamel pin. It's a pin of Freddie with the crown on, and it's got sort of a rainbow uh, crown. And suddenly there he was uh, with his wife, and I just I just was bleh. and in so his afro. I, yeah, his big big old you know now gray afro and I I came up to him and said I'm I'm so sorry to bother you which I know everybody says but I just wanted to tell you that I'm I'm so thrilled to meet you you've met so much. oh he stood up and shook my hand and we got a picture which I think I've burned because I look like a vagrant in it and um, 
um, and I sh- and he and he immediately saw the pin, and he went, "Oh, look at that!" I said, "Yeah, I was I wore this tonight. I was hoping it was for good news." And it was just in and out, but I was just like shaking afterwards. Like that's a bizarre moment there to to meet this guy that's meant so much to me. Um, and the other one I think I'd probably say might be the first time we met Shatner when he came by the booth because I was I couldn't have been more cool throughout the day. Like yeah, if he comes, he comes. If he doesn't, fine. Whatever. It's just it's a Shatner. Come on. And then about five minutes before, when someone said, "Oh, he's on his way," I suddenly was you know 10 years old and i just went oh my god oh yeah william shatner's coming you know not like he's the most famous person in the world but for me as a kid you know being that kid that watched these shows and uh and he came by for like five minutes and it was a blur but it was that tingly kind of oh my god oh my god this is really weird moment um those are pretty cool i've had many brushes with greatness but then five minutes later i'm right back into that shitty life that i have no that's (laughs) But it's too much uh, information. You know, it's like the old saying, it's like, we don't live in that world, man. We just visit. We visit it and then we go back to our lives. And that's what it's been, sadly. So there's my answer. Uh, I'm sure I'll think of 10 more after that. Okay, so if you if you don't have any, I'll... I no, I, I've actually got a couple oh, you more do? now. Oh, yeah. What, in retrospect, this is from Thor, is the most valuable card you sacrificed to a bike wheel I'd like to open with Wayne Gretzky rookie card. You really did? You put that in your spokes? I Yeah, because I don't know if you know this, but I was born without a sports gene. Um, I've heard that. That is going yeah. on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you'd like to give it to the cause. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I did all kinds. I, I know I had a re- Gretzky. We used to also play flipsies. And all kinds of like games with the cards because what do you do with them after you know? Put them in mylar pockets in a binder and then you, no you you were a kid you didn't know what to do with trading cards once you bought yeah. them. I just figured everybody they, I figured Canada they probably had a you know rookie cards falling from the sky. Oh the- yeah no Wayne Gretzky rookie cards in Canada is is like autumn leaves they were everywhere but I didn't care you know. I'll tell you I, what. I don't think I ever did it. It's such a weird thing to think of now that it's being asked. I don't think I ever put cards in my spokes. I did have a bike, though, that was – I can hear this bike. It was a hand-me-down from my two brothers. They both had it before me. And this thing, if you didn't know better, you would think that my brothers were born in 1948 or something. This bike was so uh, uh, beat, you know. (laughs) The seat had silver tape, you know, that silver electric tape you know, on it and it was falling apart, but that was my bike until I got a, a 10 speed and I stickered the shit out of that bike. Yeah. So I had Charlie's Angels stickers on it and some Star Wars ones on the, on the, the fender, the, you know, the, what do you call the fender? Both yeah. back. And then the bike itself, I just stickered the shit out of it, but I never put cards in the spokes. See, that, I was just going to make the joke. So you never got any Jaws 2 cards. Uh, because... No, no, I didn't get <laughs> I just know, like, two cards were like you'd never bought a pack and you had a whole bunch i don't know how that happened walk out of the store going i didn't buy these how did i they just, just get them out of here just we can't sell them take them <laughs> here's a free can we i got into a fight at a sleepover 
over Jaws 2 versus Empire Strikes Back cards. I remember this because this kid was like using his Jaws 2, like that currency. I was like, no, sir, that's a peso. And I have a U.S. dollar. What kid wants to die on that hill? (laughs) This kid called his mom and went home from the sleepover. Wow. Wow. And where is that boy today? Is what I'd he like. is apparently really like a important doctor. <laughs> or I was going to say, or in an insane asylum. Where no, 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 no. He's oh, apparently a doctor. Uh, <laughs> I looked wow. him up like, whatever happened to that? Oh, shit. Jaws uh, 2 versus Empire Strikes Back Battle of 1980. Maybe, maybe that wasn't so bad. Um, um, okay. Well, and I, want to, I want to address something else that I happened to see somewhere in those comments. My entire life, no one has ever said I sounded like Mark Hamill. I don't know where this is coming from. How? Because Mark Hamill to me is like dialed up to eleven all the time. Like he just—I love him to, to bits, but he—he's always could telling. You, could you mention? Could you say the fault? Something about power converters. <laughs> I mean, he's, there's that there's that voice and there's the one when he's on shows and he's just kind of he's always up here and he said and then I didn't know about it until I wanted to. So if that's you true, know actually I think you sound like I'm on that Viking show. The Viking show? Have you seen that like Viking show? The actually the show it's called Vikings. No, I don't know what it's called. Oh, he, oh, the uh, show he was on where he was like the elder. Yeah, uh, and he was. Thing. He was like, you know, I just watched Dungeons and Dragons starring Jeremy Irons and went, hold my beer. (laughs) Yeah. And he was doing an accent, too, I think. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was the only reason I checked it out. It's like he's doing Ed Sullivan doing an accent. (laughs) Here's here's what I'll say about Mark. Again, I'm not offended in the least that people think on this show that I somehow yeah, there's worse things to sound like yes I'm not it's not I just don't I'm puzzled by it I don't know why because I've been told other things other people um Che Guevara um uh comes to mind but I've never heard that before so it's funny it's that it's a running thing on here but I'll say I'll say this about Mark Hamill boy he's a nerd and he freaking owns it like he I think you watch that show and you go I think he's thinking about getting home to look at his comic books. Yeah. He's right now. I mean, he truly is like. Yeah. You know what? As I've grown up, like as a kid, I wanted to be Han Solo more than Luke. Now I kind of want to be more Mark Hamill. Mark than, Hamill. Than uh, Harrison Ford. It's funny. Um, and this is not, I'm not sworn to secrecy about this, but um, within the process of researching stuff for the uh, Star Wars holiday special documentary. Right. Um, you know, I, we started pushing toward Nelvana, uh, your, from your hometown or your home country, who did the animated sequence and they did the droids and Ewoks. Mm-hmm. And got, got to talking to them and lots of tidbits uh, came up, which um, are going to be in the documentary, so I don't want to spoil it. But one of them was I finally said to Steve, who's directing, and I said, you got to find out where they recorded the voiceover. I'm dying to know where they did this and when. And we got an answer. Uh, one of the Nelvana guys said, oh, yeah, we, we did the, the VO for that in a, a studio in Burbank. Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher were all there together. And he told the story and he said Harrison Ford did his lines. And then the guy was like, OK, that was great. Um, can we just get another couple of versions? You know, and Harrison Ford just went, no, that's the that's the thing. <laughs> that's Han Solo right there. That's the character. And then. <laughs> 
Carrie Fisher goes in, does it in one take, says, can we get another take on that? And she says, no, that's the princess. That's the that's the take. And then Mark Hamill goes in and he's in there for like 17 hours doing his four lines. (laughs) So perfect. You know, everything. (laughs) I'm like, that sounds like Mark Hamill right there. (laughs) Hey, hey, here comes Slideshow Mel. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that cracked me up. Yeah. But um, anyway, there's another another question here. Let's say, uh, do you have another one handy? Yeah, I, I do. Um, let's see, uh, what toy do you know for sure exists, but you've never seen one for sale or know anyone who has one? Well, I bet you have a whole handful of those. I have one okay. um, particular, like, because it's like, over the years, I've had friends tell me things existed. They saw them. They saw them. And the one that always, you know, comes to mind is is my friend John McGonagall out of Long Island said, oh, I watched a, a TV news report, and it showed Nego destroying their Logan's Run toys. So I know that happened, uh, you know, because the show got canceled. That's not a memory of some kind, you think? No, because I actually own the Mego Logan's Run figures based on that. Um, So another friend of mine once said, you know, I saw it in Toy Shop. I tried to buy it. It was gone. And that was um, I and this was the subject of issue nine of toy ventures, which was comic action heroes, the Mego comic action heroes, the little squatting superhero figures. He said there was a Canadian two pack of figures. Mm. And, um, yeah. Uh, he said it was in toy shop once and it never showed up again. And I still believe it's out there. I do. So I think it exists. I've got I've got a couple that aren't exactly toys, but they've been driving me mad for mm-hmm. like 20 years. One is I'm convinced that in the back of Famous Monsters, there was an ad for a Vampirella uh, doll, not the model kit, but there was some kind of doll. And it was either either a half page kind of ad or a smaller ad or something that. I have not been able to find. I could be wrong about this, but I, I can picture the ad. Our very first, you know, now we've done the model, we're doing this and blah, blah, blah. Maybe maybe that never existed or it never got made. The other one is, again, I can't find proof of this, that in an issue of Starlog, there was an ad for a, you know, you know, the, everything was pewter uh, back in the 70s and 80s, like a pewter replica of the Enterprise or a pewter replica. It's really just yeah. shit. Oh, I know what you're talking about. You're going to talk about the Close Encounters. There was, I swear to God, there was a a little diorama in Peter, Devil's Tower, with the mothership. And I I don't know if I dreamt it or it was an acid trip or something. I don't know. I've not been able to find proof of it, but I'm I'm almost positive I've seen this. Yeah, I, I maybe it's Mandela effect, but I swear to God, you're you're right. And I don't have a big thing for close encounters yeah it's just the kind of thing that when you see it you know some of those magazines like i, I picked one up recently that was from 1978 and and um i knew i had it from before i could tell from the cover but sometimes you go through those things and you're like 
I know what the next page is going to be because we just would we would we would study those things so much. Yeah. Um, and I I swear I, I can picture the ad in my yeah, mind. Yeah, I, I it exists. I could I bet you I could draw the ad, and you yes. would go yes, that's how it looked. Little order form at the bottom of the yep. thing. Yeah. There's also a um, and this is going this is a deep dive because I'm a big fan of um, the '60s Avengers, the TV series. Um, mm-hmm. Their Lone Star made the Steed sword stick that yeah. I have. You have they, that, yeah. In the catalog. They have Steed's bowler hat that was made for kids. Um, I have never kids been able wanted to, to get beat up. <laughs> I have never been able to find whether that actually got made or exists. And I've searched for years. For the I'm, love of God, there has to be kids. All I'm, the kids that wore one would probably not remember it because of got destroyed. They got <laughs> Somebody beat them up and smashed it. But I just can't. I would love, and I, someone had like a photo of some kid walking down the street with their parents with the with the sword stick and the hat. <laughs> that that's their hero of choice in the '60s. I'd love to see. <laughs> but maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't even exist. It may not even exist. But <laughs> those are sort of grails of sorts, I guess. Um, okay. How about? Oh, this? I got another one. I just okay. want to answer because it was just below the one you talked about, Mark Hamill, where it says, "Brian, does Brian ever lose his cool, or is he always Canadian nice?" And I want to say, ask my daughter when I'm driving her to school, <laughs> and she will say, "No, he's not nice." Um, I've heard you. I think I've heard you lose your cool a couple times, but not I, like not like I, you know, I lose my cool. A lot. No, I, I'm not around it, but I've heard yeah. it a couple of times. But but it was also not like you, you know, were screaming your lungs out or. You know. Oh, no, 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 no. But, you know, uh, all of my behavior is learned in this life. Uh, from me, you know, yeah, from you. No, what I mean is like I've learned a lot of hard lessons. And, uh, you know, one of the things is that I'm always saying at the end of my videos is like talk toys, not others. That's not because I'm some guru. It's because that shit has bitten me in the ass and it's the wrong way to be Mm -hmm. and you know uh like a good man doesn't have to have any rules but i have rules and yeah um yeah you should always lean i'm just working towards bettering myself yeah Uh, and i would really like to what was uh as one of the beastie boys said years ago uh i'd rather be a hypocrite than not have changed Oh, uh, yeah, beautiful mantra. Uh, so yeah, um, if I if I appear nice, yes, I, you know, I try to be. I don't want to tread on anyone's uh, you know world, but um, I'm also really mindful of of you know uh, of who I am. And um, I think more importantly, that question is implying that Jason does lose his cool all the time. Oh, no, Canadian nice, no, which, I'm, which, I'm, which insists that because I live um, somewhat, actually not even north of a lot of Americans, because you used to live norther than, no, more north than I did as a technically. kid. Technically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, a good, that's a good answer. Yeah. Um, this one I thought was interesting. Um, entertainment in the 70s. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, entertainment in the 70s, ways that it was better um, and ways um, that it's better now. 
Oh, so, oh yeah, I've been I've been really wanting to dive in on this. Okay, go. Um, to it. Okay, how is entertainment? Yeah, this is Brian Arnold. How is entertainment better today than in the seventies? And how was entertainment better in the seventies than now? Okay, uh, ways entertainment is better today is uh, we are the audience is not completely underestimated anymore. Because of the pressure, I think the decrease of pressure of the three network system where you needed just to get the numbers up and you kind of catered to a middle ground. Now you can build something and just wait for it to attract the right viewers. You know, uh, I'm talking about shows like Police Squad, which required people to pay attention. Um, Nowadays, that's common fare. So I think in a lot of ways, the less competitive nature of television and entertainment movies and such uh, allows it to be, you know, there's 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 it's long tail marketing now. And uh, that's a benefit. Um, But how entertainment was better in the 70s is that we weren't so. um Original ideas got out there, you know, uh, a lot of original <laughs> ideas. People took chances on things, and people took their time with things. Um, uh, not to jump in, but I was the first thing I was going to say was the main difference I think of with product from the seventies, and there's as many missteps as there are wins in the seventies. Oh 70s. sure, there's like, like what Rick, the frick was that kind but, of stuff. But there was a fearlessness to much of what happened in the 70s what got made because it wasn't people were were more willing to take more chances and risks even if every studio you know uh turns it down like look at phantom of the paradise yeah in that's insane that he got to make that movie you know dude 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 bugsy malone bugsy malone (laughs) is another one where it's like what you know, you imagine being in that pitch meeting and yeah, we're going to do kids killing each other with machine guns and cream pies. I mean, De Palma, you know, to, to, to give him credit, never played it safe from from he was, yeah. you know, stuff in the in the 60s with greetings and hi, mom and stuff. But then you get to because Sisters was before Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah, and it was. Sisters did pretty well. I mean, Sisters was like kind of a well-reviewed did did well and they do that you how do you pitch this thing what the what is this thing so think so they're just they're now i think that's so, phantom's failure is that the studio didn't actually know how to pitch that thing know what to do with it exactly. yeah but they but now it's like i mean joe dante talks about this stuff all the time and the way things get marketed and how impossible it is because now everything the fear is from them losing their jobs or saying yes to something that doesn't work you know, it's that old saying, nobody ever lost their job from saying no to something. Yeah. You know, say yeah. yes and you commit to it. And and with that, you know, and, you know, everybody, what, I'm, what I get really tired of is how everything is so leaps and bounds and more progressive. And you can talk about these things that are, well, of course, things change with time. But the 70s took a lot of chances, too. Like a show yeah. like Soap. I think about a show like Soap with yeah. Billy Crystal's character. And yes, the butt of many jokes. But to have a main character on a network show that was gay and not 
not a, a, a you know, a, a mincing, you know, uh, uh, stereotype of some kind. That was hugely progressive. And, 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 and they got a lot of shit for it, for making that show, for having that character. My parents wouldn't so, let me watch Soap. Soap was, <clears throat> soap was daring, man. It was, it's yeah. super. No, no, I, I watched it from the stairs. You're like, I can't believe this, some of this stuff made it to, to air. And it was a, yeah. it was a challenge, but, but, um, so there were a lot of, um, you know, goalposts moving, you know, things changing and, and, and all that stuff. Yeah. But the big, the big thing is too, things were allowed to breathe. You know, you had agreed. And, you know, a, a, a movie came out and found its audience or it did well over the course of a few months or something. You know, someone said it, and I think it was maybe the Easy Riders Raging Bulls documentary based on the uh, the book, the Peter, Peter, blah, blah, book, Biscayne, whatever his name is. Um, they said it was that, you know, when they started putting box office results in, uh, you know, the newspaper on Monday, not the. Not the entertainment uh, magazines like Hollywood Reporter and, and Variety. When they started putting it into mainstream newspapers, it had a huge effect. Everything changed, and yeah. suddenly, oh, it's been out for three weeks and it's only made that much. People never cared about any of that stuff, and unfortunately, um, you're seeing it now even with streaming, where yeah. you know Netflix and other they're not they're giving a show you know it got one season and it's goodbye. It's like, well, how do you build an audience? How are you finding this stuff? It's it's mm-hmm. a weird, it's almost like a payola scheme or some kind. You're like, I thought that did really well with viewers, and now it's being canceled. And um, so the the ways things are better now, I would say, is we are living in this golden age where you know we've said it a million times on this show. When you heard about a thing, you had to hunt for it way back. And if it was a movie, and by the time we get to the 80s, and it wasn't out on VHS. You probably were never going to see it. You could read about it, but unless it came to a festival, you were never going to see the thing until, you know, bootleg tapes and then eventually VHS, you know, the actual commercial releases for things that were less well known and so on and so forth. So now we're in this world where everything is a, 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 a click away, like it's all out there now. So you and I talk about Amazon Prime being like, you know, the cult video store, like like Eddie yeah, Frank or Tubi. Got yeah. everything. And same with music and everything else. So it's it's better in ways because we technology is caught up, especially for for all the stuff we dig, fantasy and horror and sci-fi, whatever you want to call it. Um, they finally they, they finally started to understand. Oh, these are the same people that are buying books and comic books and going to concerts and and so on. They're they're not just you know sitting in their basements or whatever. So we're getting much more of it. Um, the sad thing is exactly to what you said. They're not as anxious to do something original. I mean, you know, I was thinking about Pixar recently. I think the last, I mean, yeah, they, like I think the one called Blues or Blue or whatever it was, um, Inside Out was original. But the bulk of what they've done for 15 years are just sequels of yeah, the stuff that safe made bets, safe bets, and, and and I think that's the thing is that there's no more making films like individual films you know what i mean like you could never make a get carter now right because there's no get carter 2 to right. come out will we get another one what'll happen next and it's like well just it should just be a I it's mean, like films have turned into penny dreadfuls in some way yes and, yeah. and in some cases no doubt we see something and we want it to get more yeah you know i could have done three or four movies with De Niro and Charles Grodin after Midnight Run. I would have loved to seen them yeah. do. 
And I would have loved to have seen more Hoffman and Warren Beatty. More Ishtar. Ishtar. And what about Hackman and Aykroyd? You know, uh, uh, we... What was that called? I I went to see it. uh, Loose Cannons. You 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 saw loose cannons in the in the theater because girl, um, I mean was it her choice? Do you think it was mine? I don't know. It's hard to tell because you saw K nine the Belushi film, girl, uh, with the dog. You saw that in the theater. Yeah, with a very beautiful girl. Actually, the same girl. Damn. Um. Sensing a pattern here. <laughs> Brunette. <clears throat> but Brian, uh, bad but choice. For everything uh-huh. that, that, that sort of works and we really go, oh, they got it right. Of course you want more of them or you'd hope that you could get a, a second one in a series or something. But mm. but but it really is it, it it really is to the point that you look around and everything and all they want to hear about at studios is uh, an adaptation of an existing book because the audience is already there, a remake or a sequel. And and I'm not against sequels. I'm not I'm not against resurrecting a thing and doing it right. I'm, oh I'm, my gosh, no! I'm no. completely and utterly okay with that. It's been going on since the 30s. Like, of course, it's fine. But it's because of that, it's much harder to get. Um, you know, that's why whether you you know love it or hate it, um, some of the Christopher Nolan stuff is so special. You know, um, that that they're one-offs like. You know, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Inception is a is a is a is a top to bottom. Right. Inception has come up three times this week in my household. That's very oh, interesting. Really? Yeah. Maybe you're still maybe, dreaming. Maybe I am still dreaming. You're still in the dream. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that would be my answer. There's much more yeah. of it now, and we're living in this amazing time where technology is caught to bring all these things to life that we never could have gotten. Thirty mm. years ago. But at the same time, there's a, a less gutsiness uh involved now i have a question from uh bill bill mcfarland uh, my friend it says why did jill marcus run out of the rink rather than skate with me at rollerama in fifth grade and i have to deliver the sad news it's because you farted that one time bill sorry sorry bill wanted to ask you wanted to make that public yeah question or don't kill the messengers here. Yeah. Or, and he who denied it supplied it. That's right. Right. That's right. Um, and that's the one we're going to get letters on, probably. Um, don't give me the he who smelt it, dealt it, you know, uh, defense. We, we know. Um, somebody asked um, Bill Hudson of the Hudson Brothers. <laughs> Is he a fan? Bill Hudson of the Hudson Brothers got a lot of action back in the day. Yeah. I think Goldie Hawn, some other names are listed. Jill um, St. John, Ali McGraw, and, and of course, Cindy Williams. Um, how did this happen? How did this happen? And I will, I will see your Bill Hudson and raise you a John Derrick. <laughs> because John Derrick um, yeah, what got, the hell? got to be with Ursula Andress. Linda I think John Derrick had like a medallion and was like, look at my eyes, but I'd run by. <laughs> Ursula Andress, Linda Evans, and then Bo Derrick, all, yeah. all, you know, not at the same time, obviously. Although he might have. I don't know. 
don't know. Let's not put it we, we don't know the powers that John Derrick had, but I can't for the life of me understand. He was a good-looking guy. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. he, he was a yeah. B movie actor. He was he was never you know um, uh, uh, a list. And he, he, let's he just, let's quote, just go. directed like, you know, Bolero yeah. and Tarzan the Ape Man. So it but no, the, he exploited every woman he was with. And then there's that. Yes. Yeah. And it's so, like, and they're all like, oh, John. And it's like, what is that? And, and, and they became friends. There's there's mm-hmm. photos of Ursula Andress and John Derrick and Bo Derrick hanging out. Mm. They became friends. Go figure. So yeah. I FTG. That- I throw that out as a more bizarre one where you go, this is a whole series of in search of like, how did John, yeah. what was the thing? But the Hudson, uh, Bill Hudson, the, the, I, Bill, they're, they're pretty freaking charming. The, the Hudson, uh, I was going to say, I think, I think that charm goes a long way. Oh yeah. And he's talented. You know, he could write songs and do some music, which is whatever. And speaking as someone who's not particularly, um, uh, Matt doesn't have matinee idol looks. Sense of humor and uh, goofiness and and uh, making them laugh goes a long way. So maybe that's maybe that's what Bill Hudson uh, had, in addition Perhaps. to being you know talented. What is what oh is, oh and uh, also Shemp Howard access to loads of cocaine. I'm sure. Oh yeah, so that was okay. a big help as well. Uh, Hope we can from, that. This question is from Kurt. It's for me. What does your spouse think of the toy collecting? Um, she's cool. Um, yeah, I think it, this- it all has to be in one room. Uh, my house, she is a collector herself, but of more home decor and, and different things, uh, musical instruments, that sort of thing. So, um, we're, we're both eclectic kooks, so we're fine. There you go. Yeah. Oh, and also I want to get this one. What setting do you use to wash your Planet of the Apes cardigan sweater on? And my <laughs> reply question is wash, which I've never done. Sorry. You have a Planet of the Apes. Oh cardigan. boy, do I! Yeah, and I look dreamy in it, uh, but I don't wear it a terrible amount. Uh, my wife wears it a lot to sleep in because it's you know warm and smells like me. Oh. See, I'm a, I'm a. I'm a very warm man. Um, I am constantly barefoot. There are socks everywhere in this house. Uh, so, yeah, cardigan, like, I don't need that. I'm already a furnace of a human being. Right. And you don't want to ruin its value as well. That does not matter. That's my children's problem. Um, okay. So here's one. Favorite coloring book from childhood? Uh, Mighty Apes. Uh, was that a cartoon? No, it was a ripoff of King Kong. There was this huge display of knockoff King Kong uh, merchandise that mysteriously showed up at my local variety store uh, in 1977, I guess, whenever that Kong movie came out. And uh, I still have it. Uh, I still have a lot of my childhood coloring books, like uh, Speed Buggy and... Uh, Oh, I think I've got uh, oh right, Batman and Robin. Um, I was never a big coloring book kid. I mean, I certainly had them. I remember the Battlestar Galactica ones. I remember, I think a Looney Tunes one. Um, I was always into the ones that were coloring and activity books. So I always went for the one that that had 
a little more bang for your buck. Not just, you know, crayons on the page, but puzzles and crosswords and things like that. And there was one, I've told this story before, I'm sure, there was a, a drugstore up the street, um, you know, like, like, like two blocks away. So I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm, a, I'm like eight or nine years old or something. Like I kind of think about this too. Like you wouldn't have a kid walk two or three blocks to the drugstore in that neighborhood today. But um, I used to go up there, you know, get candy or like a, you know, thing. Of, and, and, and you just made me laugh because it's like, yeah, but you used to also have a note for cigarettes. <laughs> I yeah, I never did because my parents. Oh no, my my friend. I was just kind of joking about my friends yes, and kids, me. That, that is a, yeah, that's another. Yeah. But anyway, so I'd go up there and they had candy and, you know, some magazines and coloring book stuff. And there was this coloring book for Flash Gordon, the animated series. Oh, cool. And I would go up there and page through this thing over and over. And over. I have and one of those. They're amazing. I memorized the whole damn book. It had coloring toward the beginning. And then it was, here's the Flash Gordon game. You could cut out like a like a you know a pretend board game and you know tape a tape this thing to two sides of a penny and use that as your your you know playing piece and I was it's got everything in it and toward the back was this diorama you cut out this scene that was Ming's throne room and then and then cut out yeah you know, cut, to paste I forgot the, how well illustrated that was paste the pages to light cardboard and then you know color the characters and cut them out and stand them up and I would go up there and and you know drooled through this over this thing for weeks until I got the 89 cents or whatever it was to go up there and finally get it. And once I got it, it took me forever to use it up, you know, but I used every bit of that thing, <laughs> every activity, <laughs> everything to build or to color. I did everything. Um, I, I had a, I had a Tarzan one like that. It was filmation Tarzan. Mm. Yeah. Anything that had more than just coloring. I'm like, yeah, this is the way to do it. You know, yeah. Make, make it more, you know, use, utilize the, the pages. So that was my favorite. And then years later, I tracked one down. Uh, they made three, I think, two, two that are more activity books and one that's just straight coloring book uh, for the animated series. And I've got them put away somewhere. That would be the only one I could think of. Okay. Let's, uh, uh, let's talk about this one. I like this one. And I want your answer first because I have to go lay down. If you could send one modern action figure collectible back in time to your eight-year-old self what would it be oh my gosh oh my gosh isn't that like painful so something that something that something that you would have wanted as a kid that got made now yeah (sighs) wow um that that's killing me because there's like oh it, it would be like a box with a really large box. I mean, I. It's hard to pick one thing. Yeah, uh, it, it's almost like too many. Um, I think I can. I think I can do it. I think I got all it. Right, all right. All right. Because when I think about it, the other choice that I was going to make, we have yet yet some kind of major line from. Right. Okay. So, I'm going to say at eight years old and all the things that were in the stores that we already had and Star Wars and, you know, ish and all those things that were sort of happening. I'm going to say um, the character options, classic Doctor Who. When that oh, first wave yeah. hit, Damn it. Saigon and Cybermen and all those things. But but more so when the TARDIS started to come out and the TARDIS has made noise and. 
you know, the sound effects and they lit up and the doors opened up and everything. If I had had those when I covered the show back then, you know, I, I just that is truly the definition of something that took decades to finally get even the day poll stuff. It was like I know we were we were glad to have it. But the stuff that did come out, the character options, because it is beautiful stuff. The sculpts are great and the, and the technology for the TARDIS is great. That would be the thing I'd, I'd send back and go, there you go. This weird show nobody knows about. Here's an entire toy line for it. You're yeah. welcome. Okay. That would you, be it. I, yeah, I actually, let me give you mine because you just blew me away. But it would be the eight inch Biff Bang Pow Tom Baker action figure. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's because that's exactly what action figure meant to me yeah. as a kid. And that would have been that would have been amazing. Uh, but what's your runner up? My runner up was going to be Battle of the Planets. Like I would. Have oh, yeah. OK. Or an action figure line of all the characters, the ships, uh, the you know Zoltar and all that stuff, um, which we still haven't really gotten. We've gotten, you know, the, the the French stuff here and there and the little odds and ends, but we've never gotten a, a really full on action figure line, a four inch line or whatever for those characters. And uh, so it doesn't count. So, yep. you know, I'd only be sending back. I, I, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. You know. OK, so uh, here's another one. Uh, this is from Jim Bush. Marjor Gortner or Doug McClure, who is more 70s? Oh, this is easy. Um, Marjo Gortner (sighs) because Doug McClure really came really was you know came to prominence or was doing a lot of western things in in the 60s he was a pretty well-known face then and yes he's synonymous with the 70s because of the stuff he did then but Marjo is the definition of like this guy was a preacher he was a child preacher that was then in a documentary called Marjo where he takes the crew, you know, and debunks all the preaching and how it's all a big scam. And the next thing you know, he's a leading man. He's acting. He's going to the Oscars and he's, you know, he's in uh, TV movies that pray, pray for the Wild Boys, the motorcycle gang one. With he's an earthquake. Or he's an earthquake. He's like, a you know, a main character in Earthquake. So to me, he's like, that is the 70s where, oh, Tony Orlando and Dawn have a, have a number one single. Let's give them 12 episodes of a variety show. <laughs> You know, they've nothing to, they haven't proved themselves in any way. But yeah. Star, Can they Vulcan? act? Oh, let's, Pink, Pink let's Lady them, is a very popular Japanese let's, band. Let's give Starlight Vocal Band t- 12. <laughs> well, Pink with, Lady, they didn't even speak English. You know, I mean, but there's worse, the, the, the Telly Savalas, you know, variety special, all these things that happen. Oh, my God, don't, do not decry the Telly You know, Savalas so I think, I think Marco is more 70s than. than all right, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to fight you. Uh, we both despise him. Well, well, despise is maybe a strong word, but I'm oh, kind of fascinated I've... by I'm kind of fascinated that that guy made his way into motion pictures. And and also he da- who did he date? He dated some some absolutely stunning woman from the 70s. Now I can't think of who it is. I don't want to know. Yeah, he got around. Um, so I think I'd pick him. OK, yeah. Next question from Matt. What do you think of Simon and Simon? <laughs> I, I used to watch it. I watched it every week. Yeah. It was on, I think it was on after Magnum on Thursdays. I, I actually joked recently that we should just bring it back with both those guys. 
Yeah, you totally <laughs> could. Yeah. It's like 80. What, uh, Gerald McCraney's got to be pushing 80. Gerald McCraney, they're both, both still kicking. Um, yeah. I'll say this about it. Two of the best uh, theme tunes for hour-long action. Oh, yeah. That's like a Mike yeah. Post, right? The, well, the first one is more like a... But everybody knows that. I mean, look, if you've never seen those opening credits, people, look them up on YouTube. That is a fantastic opening credit sequence with a great tune. Um, that's I, I give them that. And I watch the show. I definitely watch Mike it. Post also did a cracking Captain America theme tune. For the TV <clears throat> movie? For the TV movie. Oh. It is great. I can't even remember that. I'm just still washing the TV movie out of my eyes after all these. It's, I'm never. That's the first time maybe as a kid that I knew what ripoff meant. Oh again. no. Oh what the fuck? Oh, I loved those as a kid. <laughs> I was so. Okay, the first, and I will fully admit the first one is garbage. Oh, it's uh, beyond. It's beyond. Yeah, it really is. I mean, Captain America gets into costume, jumps on a truck, bends. Uh, the vent off the truck, like the exhaust, and that's the end of the film. <laughs> Doesn't he get into the costume in the last like two minutes of the movie? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And he does nothing because of you know, like a violent censorship. Here's another question: You ever remember a old TV show called The Kid Superpower Hour with Shazam? And I want to say yes, I do. I loved it. Um, and in fact, I had a real crush on Trixie, like the bat, the bad girl. I can't remember her name, but uh, I think she was married to Willie Ames. So this was live action. It there was live action intercut with cartoons. It was a filmation show. Um, I'm, I want to say it was like eighty one, eighty two, and. Uh, it had Shazam's, uh, like Shazam cartoons that were very similar to the CC back cartoons or comics of the time. I don't remember this at all. I mean, really? I have memories of the 70s one. With, yeah, uh, uh, but, but uh, yeah, it was. Um, let me let me actually do some research. Here. <laughs> um, but I, I liked the Shazam cartoons. And I, there was like, I think they were trying to get back at the Archie kind of thing. The Archies? Yeah, with that whole, like, they were a band as well. Oh, I see. No, this yeah. is... Yeah, it was 81, and... Um, 81? Yeah, uh, it, it was... Yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to I say. Don't, I don't remember this at all. Yeah, there was a hero high. Like, it was basically the Archies with superpowers. Um, yes? Pardon me? CBS? NBC. NBC? No. And it was a Lou Scheimer thing. Like, it was... Uh, to be uh, Archie Comics. But... Uh, Filmation terminated the relationship with the publishers and the characters were turned into more generic roles because they really do look like Archie and Reggie um, from from the comics. Uh, and then they were uh, a buffer to the intro of uh, 
Shazam cartoons. It did not do well. Wow, I, that's I'd have to look that up and see. Yeah. If it doesn't that was eighty one? I would have been watching it. I mean, I should have been watching it. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, like the way they did with the Spider Woman cartoon, it just didn't air in your area or your market. Well, that could be. Because mm. I remember, because when I hear you know Power Hour, it's like. Didn't everything have a power hour? <laughs> yeah, Godzilla power hour. You're right. The the uh, the Tarzan Batman one wasn't there like a Tarzan Batman power hour? Power hour. I think you're right. I think that was like a power two hours actually. It's funny the uh, the issue of <laughs> now that this comes up the issue of Starlog that I that I picked up was from 1978 and it's got a amazing five page interview with Spielberg where so much stuff is hinted at that you know did or didn't happen and stuff like that and there's one page that's like what's happening on Saturday mornings and there's uh, a, a, a half the article is about the Godzilla cartoon did you know that Dave Stevens did design on that cartoon I believe it yeah, yeah I had no idea he's interviewed in the piece so that was you know 78 when they mentioned Godzuki and how when they initially um designs through to toho they said he doesn't look enough like an ape he's got to look more ape-like so they had to change his his features to make give him the nostrils and whatever but then the other part of the article was stan lee going on about the new fantastic four cartoon and he's talking about it like it is going to be the greatest thing that animation has seen like just the the worlds they're going to go to the things they're going to do it mentions kirby in it and of course they have to he has to say in the article, we we can't get the, we don't have the Human Torch because it was hanging out at CBS, and we had to invent a a little robot to um to do that the, would go over so so well. But he just yeah. he, the way he talks about it, it's just like yeah, that's Stanley, all right. Just like it's gonna be the greatest thing in the history of you know. <laughs> we're yeah. doing so much. He was, you know, Funky Flashman didn't come from thin air. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> He just and he go and then he says like and we've got uh, we've got other projects in the works but I don't want to talk about them right now to see how this one does and then <laughs> is because didn't that eventually lead to the thing one wasn't the thing one after that oh yeah you know it's like thing uh, yeah yeah I, I don't I don't know what I remember being real like I loved the Fantastic Four since before I could read and. I remember that thing um, cartoon being <laughs> so excited to see the thing was going to have its own cartoon show. And, then, you know, that September going, uh, like, I, I didn't know what WTF meant. You're like, this isn't what I asked for. But for some reason, that's all I can think of is WTF. <laughs> you know, it's a weird one, too, that, that I look at now and go, wow, that happened. The Plastic Man cartoon. I loved the first season of that. You know, that was... And then the second season was such a jump-the-shark show. I don't remember it being worse from... I don't know how far... Yeah, no, because they got Baby Plaz. Oh, Baby Plaz was in the second... Baby Plaz was like 10,000 Scrappy-Doos. Oh, my God. The 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 freaking habit and need for all of these shows to have... Goofy side. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love the first season of Plastic oh. Man. And then th- it was they brought a baby plaza. It was insane. It was just crazy. You're like, how? And he wasn't exactly a household name. 
No, it, it was like how you know it was like okay, good first season, everybody. How do we just get all fired? You know, like how do we completely ruin it? Yeah, let's just let's just go. Come on, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, oh my god, I don't know how we got here. They're, they mentioned Godzuki, and, and you know, they the producer has to explain what this Godzuki character is. And you're like, was that the start? Was Godzuki before Scrappy Doo, or was Scrappy Doo first? Um, I Who think the, I actually I think uh, I think uh, Godzuki predated uh, Scrappy Doo. Scrappy Doo was like a cousin Oliver, you know. They they felt like Scooby Doo had gotten tired. And they, you know, you know what kids love a committee <laughs> <laughs> who knows none of which had children. Right. <laughs> it, so so maybe Godzuki was first. Um, yeah. And then and you know what? I, I think I, I waited every episode to, you know, Godzilla, Godzilla. And it was like, please don't say and Godzuki this week. <laughs> Yeah. Da, 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 da. So that was so that was probably the first one, and then the next one probably was Flash Gordon, which was well, actually maybe Scrappy Doo was next because Flash Gordon uh, got the first season, but season but, but filmation is, was always about the impish characters, and I, I say that very. But I'm saying, yeah, but no, but isn't that wasn't um wasn't film wasn't Godzilla filmation? Am I crazy? Was no, Hanna- Godzilla was Hanna Barbera. So who did it? Oh, so. Who would have been the precursor to Godzuki then? Like, because I would, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to put, who are the two dipshits with the dog that were in Super Friends? Wendy and Marvin. Okay. Let's, maybe we start with Wendy and Marvin. Because that's a, that's a, that's a good example. Yeah, but except that, like, um, there were impish characters on um, filmation programs before that. And Lou Scheimer liked doing that kind of thing. Um What's the, what? Give me an example of one that's like predates Super. Um, there's a show I think called Mission Magic. Oh, and they have like an impish witch type character. Um, but that was more of a but that was more of a wacky. That was true. Exactly. Okay, yeah, I guess uh, I wasn't really prepared for this one. Um, well, I would have liked for my uh, research team. Talk to, to your attorney. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no. anyway. Whoever yeah. whoever starts it, we get all these, and we got it in Flash Gordon in the second season because the first season was serialized. Good. They were uptight about it because it was like, oh, well, how do we repeat this? It has to be repeated in order, which no other show ever was like that. None of these other animated series. Yeah, were like- and it always seems like a you problem, you know, like uh, you sit there and go like, just air them in order. You'd think, you'd think, <laughs> but they got uptight, and so they had to go back. And instead make it, you know, two stories each half hour. But they added this little pink dragon. Yes. Buckface or something. I forget what his name is. And um, uh, just completely destroyed whatever sort of, you know, credibility it had. And we just got it over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And they created Orko. Orko, who's now beloved. Is he? Yeah, he is. He really is. Everything to do with Masters of the uh, Stinkor has a has a backstory and a mini <laughs> somewhere. And, you know, it's really like probably the, a, a widower that um, 
you know, his, his kids weren't born with a stink or something. And, you know, that's what <laughs> like, I have no <laughs> son. It's everything. Fisto. Fisto. There's a guy named Fisto. I mean, come on. Nobody in the room thought, really? Really? Do we really want to go there with this? Because it's already questionable. Uh, yeah, I, I remember uh, uh, trying to post when I worked at Topless Robot. Uh, pitch an article uh, about the most questionable Master of the Universe's names. Yeah. You know, and I think uh, <laughs> I, I, I think he was right to refuse it. My editor, it Rob been, Brick. But I, I think I think he was just worried that I was going to go that way with it, you know, just. <laughs> well, you would have. But he's also. Yeah, of- there's no place but like. I would have tempered it with kindness. I mean, I'm just being but silly. Get hunted down by the villagers with torches uh, that are fans that would. Oh, yeah, no, it. but I've already been through telling people ice pirates sucks. But if you, so, if, you uh, have you ever seen any of the the relaunch of He-Man? Remember the one they did where he's like in outer space now? Yeah, I remember the 90s He-Man, yeah. No, no. Was it 90s? Was it 90s? Yeah, yeah, the, 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 the relaunch where he was in space came and out like, when I was, like, 19. And it's very, like, anime and... Yeah, yeah, I remember it, that. It's freaking insane. It it's is weird, yeah. Long. Yeah, I watched... Uh, there, there was a summer where I was in Germany, and that was on television. And I'd never known that there was a cartoon based on that. Uh, did you know about that? I don't think I knew. I, I knew the toy. I remember seeing the toy line in the stores going, what, what's going on here? Yeah. I've been in a toy store for years. And then all of a sudden, there they were. And I'm like, is this a thing now? What's going well, on? I, I remember I those figures. Made a, uh, they yes. made a, a reprise as the Demolition Man action figures. A reprise of of. He-Man? Yeah, they used He-Man figures to make the Demolition Man figures. Oh, they recycled the new launch of He-Man into yeah. the Demolition Oh, yeah. I, I never knew that. Wow. I, I also completely forgot that Demolition Man got a toy line. It barely did. That movie got a toy line. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Any other questions? Any other uh, viewer, uh, listener mail or viewer mail? Or whatever? Yeah, let's do one more and then we'll sign off. Uh... I'm just going to go through this list. You know, this is a good one. What monster was scary to you as a kid? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, let me think. I'd have to have a think. You go first. I bet you've got one. No. You don't? You don't have no, one? No, I, I want to. Okay. Um, I was terrified of body horror as a kid. Mm. Um, and I think the the biggest impact that I can think of were early Doctor Who's where, you know, they had Ark in space or seeds of death. This idea of something uh, taking over your body uh, terrified me as a kid. And um, there was a book in my grade school, my Catholic grade school, called Invasion of the Plant People, which was completely that body horror like this fog came into this town and turned Mm. everyone into plants Mm. and it was photos so it's like a real bad um 
you know kind of movie you would see on on mm-hmm. a UHF channel and mm-hmm. I I'd like I think I found it on Kinder Trauma years later. Uh, <laughs> Kinder Trauma. You know, then realized that oh shit there is no terrible movie uh associated with this. It was just a terrifying children's book like a, a really scary goosebumps. And um yeah, th- that so that's the kind of monster that scared me as a kid. And of course, Sleestacks and the kid catcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, we all have that pain. Child catcher is terrible. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Monster. Horrible you know, Hamburglar-esque asshole. I can't really think of anything that... Oh, come on. You you, you, you got no, scared. No, no, I absolutely, absolutely I got scared. But when I think of, like, creatures or monsters, like, you know, the black and white stuff never scared me. The hammer stuff never scared me. I mean, I was, I was into it. Um... You know, the things, the images I think of, there's two things that I think of when I think of childhood that that were trouser weddingly scary. And one was that frickin' TV movie, Where Have All the People Gone? Oh, yeah, TV movie. I only saw part of as a kid, but it, it I must have been three or four or five. I don't know what. But the 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 notion that the body disappears and the powder is coming out the sleeves Oh, I get it. Yeah. This, you know, these people going there. Oh, look, there's the mechanic. And he's and it's just this thing on the ground. But the other one that I had to leave the room. There was a commercial that was made for the movie called Magic with Anthony. Oh, Hopkins. shoot. Yeah. OK. And yeah. Camera, the screen is dark and it comes and I up. I am your name. Freaking dummy is yeah. on the screen and the camera just pushes into the dummy, you know, saying, I'm right, 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 right. And what yeah. happened? And now he is dead or something. And I was like, ah! like, dude, dude I went to a birthday party. Leave the room. I had to like go outside. Yeah. Mother's pizza. And that's all the kids were doing was recreating that commercial. We were all like, it was, it was uh, the only other counter to the magic ads was the it's alive ads where it was just, you know, that shot of that baby carriage and then that monstrous claw comes out. I remember the poster. I remember seeing the poster, like, in magazines or on in the yeah. theater. Never saw the commercial. But that magic commercial is up on oh, yeah. Or, uh, yeah. YouTube. I don't know what, how you search for it because it's got, like, four or five different commercials. But the one is, like, the camera just pushes into this freaking ventriloquist dummy. Yep. He And, it, and it, when, you, when I saw it again years later, you know, just a few years ago, I went. This is a really scary commercial. To the, the stu- somebody had balls to say yeah. you know, at the studio to go. Just take the freaking dummy and put it in a chair and make the thing move. And that's our commercial because it is unsettling. It is still yep. very unsettling. But I, you was, and I have the same scar there. His eyeballs. You know, the eyes got bigger, and he's yeah. rah, 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 rah. I'm like shit. I'm yeah, go. it doesn't doesn't hurt that Snaps is like the most terrifying ventriloquist dummy ever made. He is. He's, he's almost like you look at that thing and you go, real ventriloquist dummies don't even look like this. Yeah, and they're scary. <laughs> yeah, they're scary. You made this thing super scary. His, his head is bigger. He's got real hair. <laughs> Joel, Joel, Joel Hodgson had a great story in an interview once where he was talking about, like, somebody asked, why do you like puppets? And he's like, I'm kind of terrified of ventriloquist dummies. And he, like, whatever church he went to as a kid, um, a ventriloquist came and did a performance and he was fascinated. And after church, he tried to go 
downstairs to the bathroom of his church and there was just the dummy sitting yeah. in the hall staring yeah. at him he actually told me this story at, oh, okay yeah at the castle we were talking about because it was this was years ago um a bunch of us went and he's you know he's he, he was he's a member and he loves magic and stuff yeah and he because there's a couple of dummies in the, one of the cases downstairs and he started talking about this and i'm like oh yeah i forgot you did you were individual <laughs> you were sort of into doing some of this stuff but he he told that story about just being terrified by this yeah this dummy alone in the basement <laughs> true though i was thinking that i always think of i once did a uh i shouldn't even say out loud but i once narrated a uh, documentary about a famous ventriloquist, but um, one of the lines was like Billy Tyler Lester. One of the lines was like, um, you know, and then he moved here, and then he moved there, and now he was trying to work. But and then one of the lines was, let's say, let's say the guy's name is Brian. I forget his name, but it's like there Brian lived in a studio apartment, just him and his little friends, and they and, I, and it was meaning him and his like four or five dummies that he made. Yeah, he lived in this apartment, and I just stopped and I like looked at the producer, and I'm like. Can you imagine what the conversations were like in that apartment? Yeah. Like this dude out of work, can't get, can't find a job, is not working as a ventriloquist in his apartment with his four ventriloquist dummies that he made. You know, there were some heavy roundtable discussions in that apartment. Yes. You know, who's, who's not pulling their share? Um, should we, should we, are we going to murder someone? Are you going to flush that today? What's going on? <laughs> Just, oh my God! Just the thought of you know accidentally going into that apartment one night. Or dumb, it or just reminds stand. me of Pat Oswalt. If the government is listening to me, they play it at their Christmas party. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's very funny. Um, okay, um, what did I have here? Oh, here's a good one. Maybe wrap on this. Wrap on this. Um, missing uh, a missing action figure line that you've always wanted that you still don't have. Now this could Mego, of course. You're gonna go Mego, but like it doesn't have to be eight inch. It can be PVCs. It can be whatever you want it to be. Obviously. Mm, yeah. It's a it's a really good question. Um, the news new review. <laughs> you know what's weird is i guess like the two leads of the new zoo review did a live stream recently oh wow really yeah and they're married and if you've ever looked at the leads of the new zoo review yeah he's the happiest man <laughs> she was oh she was she was gorgeous really cute i remember yeah like, yeah i was 10 like and going hello thing for um who was on mr rogers lady elaine or was that the puppet yeah no i think lady elaine was the puppet that okay. thing was terrifying i didn't have a thing for her but the, you know the no one did the woman that talked to the puppets the woman that was on i the can't show. remember i i watched mr rogers like once as a kid she was pretty she was very yeah. pretty Oh, uh, so uh, he's going nuts here. Every time I get on the phone, he suddenly wants to have a conversation and he's just jumping all over me because I'm talking to somebody right now. I'm sure you can hear him going nuts in the background. Oh, sure. Um, so this is the number yeah. one toy line you'd like to have now, right? Yeah. Like something that you've, I mean, you know, 
most of what you've what you love is has you know been made in one form or another. But is there something that I would love a series of UFO action figures? Uh well, you might get them. You might get them with this new Anderson line that's coming out. And they're, they're doing boring. a striker, but they're going to deal with the puppets. Um, uh, yeah, I, I do want them, and I will pay for them. But UFO um, is is. They, is if they make those in that line, they do UFO characters in that line, and he, and his car, they make his car. Can you imagine? Yeah, the, I can. The, I can imagine my checkbook. I'd be all over that. Loading all over the place. Well, uh, I, yeah, I would. I would absolutely love that. Yes. Awesome packaging. Packaging yeah. would be really cool. Yeah, I'd be all over that too. Um, I recently got. Uh, this is a while back. My the prisoner figures showed up and they're really oh, nice. Oh yeah. They're I didn't actually, buy those. They're really nice. It was really well done. It's a very good sculpt. Um, there's two or three different, you know, versions of the carded figure. And then there's a, a set of, uh, him and another character from an episode. Then there's the one that comes in the bubble, the, uh, the Rover bubble, the, the cover comes off. You can, uh, you know, take it out of there, but it was really nice. And I thought, you know, this is really well done. These are these are nice. Congratulations to these people. Um, I would still love uh, a, an action figure line for the Avengers because I've been uh, deep diving on it again the last couple of months, going all the way from you know Honor Blackman right through the the end of the '60s. Now I'm doing the new Avengers. So I would love four inch scale figures and the vehicles uh, and different like a Cybernaut and these different other. That'd be, there, that'd be lovely. Yeah, I would uh-huh. love. I would love that, and and um, I'm wishing somebody would do. It. I think someone else asked if there's a property that we thought should get a relaunch or a new show or something or a um, a reimagining or something like that. Yeah, I would say Blake Seven. I think I think we agree on that. Blake Seven would be. I'm surprised that that has not been resurrected because yeah. that could be that could be a cool, even more adult show than it was, you know, with extra extra violence, you know. Exactly. Yeah. You know. What was that? What's uh, not extra violence? Uh, ultra. Oh, ultra violence. Thank ultra. you very much. Yes. You knew where I was going. I, I feel you. Yeah. Um, well, there you go. There's our first round, first uh, episode of uh, all, Q&A. Requests, all requests, no repeat Thursday. That's right. And That's remember, you keep the glass. Yeah. Well, we should do it every now and then. Oh, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. This has been a lot of fun. And um, it certainly is kind of like a a great bit of thought exercise for us as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, and and each answer kind of spurs on to the next thing. And Mm. thought so. Yeah. Good stuff. Thank you, everybody, for participating. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. And there'll be more of this in the future. I think uh, I should add um, at the end here. Rockford J asked favorite Queen song. And I'm not sure if you even have one. But if I had to pick, I'm going to say The Hero, which is the end credits of Flash Gordon. It's a little known thing in Queen lore, if, unless you really know them and love that movie, um, from the soundtrack album. The version from the soundtrack album, because it's an incredible tune, it just goes at 100 miles an hour, and then it brings in the orchestral stuff toward the end, too, some of the score. Um, and it just, it's one of those, when I ever people say, they don't really know Queen that much, I go, try this song. They did this song at the end credits. And then people are blown away. So that would be my answer, Rockford J. Do you have one, Brian? I'm trying to think because uh, I think it's an important question. Um, gosh, 
like I love uh, Brian May's guitar. Mm. Um, I love Starfleet, you know, uh, very, very much like what he did there. <sighs> um, like the first album I ever bought was the Flash Gordon soundtrack. Is it really? Like, yeah, the, the, that was the first like rock record I ever bought. How is it? I've known you this long and I never knew that. I'm pretty sure I've said that before. I don't think that's that. okay. I mean, you you know, my you own wife doesn't know that fact. Peter um, and uh, uh, loose cannons. That I knew. <laughs> loose cannons was but not done well, for love, sir. Your first uh, Flash Gordon. That's fantastic. Yeah, that was the first record I ever bought, and huh. um, I don't know uh, what my favorite Queen song would be. There's no wrong uh, answer. No, there's no wrong answer. I'm going to look at Queen songs for two seconds. It's not Bohemian Rhapsody. Ah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, there is some good stuff in here. Uh I, I do love Under Pressure very much. That's uh, a great one. Yeah. Uh, it's not Radio Cook. <laughs> How dare you? I would have to say uh, probably under Queen songs, I would have to say... Uh, I, I do really, really like um, another one bites the dust, and um, don't stop me now is a lot of fun. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah I, I, you know, I mean, there's just those. Those would be probably my favorites. Hard um, to pick. There you go. Yeah. All right. There you All go. All right. Well done, everybody. Thanks yeah. for helping. I've learned a lot tonight, and me I hope too. you have too. Absolutely. That was great. Thanks. Yeah. We'll do it again. Thanks everybody. And we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Cheers.